Freedom. 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 Rebound. Hello, Brooklyn. This is Brooklyn Rebound Podcast, episode 27. Netscape Navigators Frozen. Hey guys, uh, we are back. It's been a while. Um, what did that even mean? <laughs> well, the nets are freezing? Yeah. They're freezing cold? Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, we're frozen, and the nets are frozen. There's a lot a lot of things to talk I'm, about. They might just be dead. When dead people, they usually... They're stored Ooh. in frozen containers, right? No, so, something like that. Yeah. So it all, it all works. They're just works. waiting for... Uh, to get up in Futurama and <laughs> not just start playing basketball well, that, again. That show, that show was canceled. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, it's been a while. It's been about a month since we last potted. Uh, and uh, right now, I'm joined with uh, one of the hosts, uh, Mansoor. Welcome, come back to the show. I know it's, yeah. been, uh, it's been a well, while for you too. It's been like a whole, since uh, the summer, right? Or no, I think I was on the first pa- podcast of the season. Oh, were you? Yeah, I think <laughs> I haven't, uh, you guys pottered one more time without me, and then right. like have <laughs> with, sort with, of uh, Tom and Justin, right? Yeah, 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 and then after that, you guys have been. I assumed I'd miss a bunch of them, but right, clearly right. there's not. Well, you didn't miss no all one them. motivated to pod <laughs> watching these Brooklyn. Well, nets. it's not. It's not that there's a lot of transition. Uh, uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. Tom and Justin decided to take their friendship to a new level and move in together. Uh-huh. So they uh, they had to they had to figure that whole logistics out. And then um, and they live just down the street. They but live- can't make it down here to podcast. <laughs> hey, you call them out, not me. All, All right. right. Anyways, uh, so we uh, we're gonna go over a couple things to say to the nuts, of course. Um, and we're also gonna go over you know uh, some NBA banter. Uh, Kobe came back today, um, and there's an NBA trade, and also uh, talk about a little. Uh, I don't know, it's con- contra- controversial, but you know, some people have talked about abolishing conferences with the. Uh, the way the Eastern Conference standings are right now, so uh, we'll get into that debate later. Uh, first off, state of the Nets. Currently, the Nets are uh, on a one-game winning streak. You know they beat the Bucks uh, last night, and their record is at six and fourteen, third uh, worst uh, in the Eastern Conference, and also only three games back from the the eighth spot. Um, uh, my opinion will. Uh, I'm pretty optimistic, but so I want to hear your first your oh. take on the Nets right now for the 2013-2014 season. I mean, I think they'll make the playoffs. Um, I mean, I think just having D. Will back would be enough, and having the Jet um, play those two things will probably be enough to get them into the playoffs. I don't know what they're going to do in the playoffs, but I think they're like real problem with this Nets team, probably starting with the coaching um, that needs to be sort of addressed. But um, the whole uh, Lawrence Frank writing daily reports and stuff like that? <laughs> I mean, I would like to read these daily reports and see what he's talking about. But, um, I mean, if you look at, if you look at, um, if you look, if you watch their game, the reason they get behind is because, like, I don't, Jason Kidd has no game plan in place. They play, like, a bunch of ISO balls in the beginning and get down by 15. And right. then, like, then Jason Kidd calls a timeout to try to figure out how to, like, attack this team. Like, who's watching film? Who's scouting? Who's, like, Right. Creating a game plan right. for every single team. Um, is it really surprising that third quarter is the worst quarter for them? That they've they've just been demolished in every third quarter. I mean, what happens at <laughs> halftime? <laughs> <laughs> we have Jason Kidd telling them what to do, and um, right. Uh, so I mean, and it's not. I mean, it's not like that. That they don't have defensive and offensive principles. It's just that 
players just don't they they stop following them after a few possessions. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's like not listening to Jason Kidd or whether you know. And you know if if you're the if the most famous moment in your short career is intentionally spilling soda on the ground to try to get an extra timeout and then getting caught with it. Come on. A good coach would not get caught <laughs> cheating that blatantly. It, was, it wasn't cheating. It was more of just <laughs> trying to use within the rules of spilling on the court. Uh, they're, they're within the rules. Of, I don't I know there was there's, a rule. If there's a spill on the court, <laughs> you have to be clean up. <laughs> you know that? I, uh, uh, anyways, um, no, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, and to counterpoint that, uh, you know, we talked about this little earlier on um, that, you know, this hiring of Jason Kidd was not made with the roster that was most up to date. Um, it was made uh, as soon as um, the, before the draft. So before they made the KG trade and the Pierce trade and also signed Alan Anderson, signed AK-47, all those guys, uh, Billy King put together uh, just Jason Kidd as the motivational guy and obviously they would have a, a head coach with experience to be the backup with Lawrence Frank, but obviously there's a lot of uh, details that still need to be sorted out on what exactly happened. What do you think exactly happened? It was just, I mean, the problem... I heard being undermined. That's, that's all. No, I think, I think what probably happened is that Jason Kidd was reading the news story where people were like, what the hell are you doing uh, on the sidelines? That they saw only Lawrence Frank and who's the defensive guy? Oh, sorry, offensive guy. Uh, Welsh, Jeff Welsh. Welsh, Jeff Welsh. Like they yeah. all, all the reporters were talking about how Kid does nothing, and I think Kid had to sort of establish himself as the alpha dog. And I think uh, I'm sure Frank has ideas and like is probably stubborn, but I think it had to do with the perception that Kid was not doing anything on the courts mm-hmm. that like drove him to probably like reassign Frank. Right. Right. Um, so that they feel like it's more about Kid trying to establish himself as the head coach. I mean, uh, I, I believe it's the ego is definitely the main culprit in here. Uh, but I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, to hear that Lawrence Frank was doing these things behind the scenes and, you know, just kind of like he, he is the, I mean, the highest paid assistant coach of NBA uh, history. He's also still being paid for the Detroit contract right now. Um, and he has really nothing to worry about. So it's like a win-win for him. He, I mean, the chance of him losing his job was very slim to none. And uh, he's been delegated to paper duties, whatever that means. Whatever but, that is. I don't uh, know what reports he's going to be writing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, with the Play ISO, defense. Play defense. <laughs> with, don't be the worst defense in the league. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, those are two things. But, I mean, Brooke Lopez came back, um, you know, two or three games, last games they've won. Obviously, the blowout in, in uh, Brooklyn that uh, Justin and I were live there for was not uh, was not happy to see or happy to even witness or be there because it was a sold-out game, but there's empty seats. And and uh, Knicks fans actually crowded, uh, made more noise than the Nets, as they should, because they're winning. Um, I don't know, like the ISO basketball is, is something that we may have to go through just because it's what we know right now from the last season. Um, and this is where the spacing of the floor is going to come out better. Because once Paul Pierce comes back from an injury, uh, he's out two to four weeks with a wrist injury, and that could be like, you know, two weeks from now. Um, you know, Darren Williams has been out. He's supposed to return uh, 
Tuesday, uh, get his first minute of action. AK-47 has healed, but he did suffer a little setback, so he could be out for another week. Jet, Jet Terry could be back in a week. Uh, the Cows are coming back in, you know. Uh, the forces are coming back in. The main, My main concern is, uh, in the Boston Globe, Gary Washburn wrote an article about this yesterday, saying KG and Pierce are just, you know, they're just so much older than we never th- we never thought they would just be this old and deteriorated. That quickly, but this, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think that does raise the question because they were, you know, only a year older, a year, year younger last year in Boston. They didn't look this bad. I feel like there's they carried the team. They, they carry they carry the team. Garnett was averaging eighteen or nineteen points a game. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think the question has to be either your training staff at, in Brooklyn are just atrocious, <laughs> like they're they're deteriorating faster, which you I don't think the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I, I yeah. think that it's it probably has to do with the way that. The Boston Doc Rivers use them and use them to their strengths. I right. feel like this is this is again. It, it, I would hate to put it, you know, on Jason Kidd's shoulder, but I think that's what it is. It's like there's, I mean, I know Garnett's not hitting anything from mid range, and that's it's a big problem. That for has a space. Yeah, I mean, that shouldn't have to do with Jason Kidd's coaching. That should be KG just making that. Yeah, that but shot I mean, is reliable usually. Yeah, I mean, but I think yeah. they need to start like looking for ways to get close shots closer to the rim. Uh, stop relying on Joe Johnson ISOs. Um, I mean, I think right now you have five guys who need the ball in their hand to score, and what 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 uh, you know the and leagues moving towards like motion offenses where you have sets mm-hmm. that run into other sets. Right. Um, Why teams like Phoenix and Denver, Denver are doing? And Blazers yeah. are doing really well. I mean, the, even the Pacers have incorporated a lot of this. You know, um, right. So it's uh, I think they have to learn how to like. Incorporate that those sort of offensive um, elements into their game. Otherwise, you know, teams with good defenses can just stifle them. But it's not really; it's really their defense has just like been yeah. incredibly atrocious. I mean, they're the worst defense in the league right now. Yeah, um, they had a problem. That that problem giving up points in the paint. They made some adjustments. Now they're just completely out of place on three pointers and. The net, the Knicks, what shot fifty percent, and they're they were shooting thirty. 29. Sixteen out of twenty six threes. Yeah, they made every single three basically. Yeah, yeah. and so I mean, and they four, in, the Knicks live and die by the three, but yeah. yeah, but they've been dying by the three. They they were shooting like under thirty percent for the season right. until they came to. Um, I mean, I think the Brooklyn Nets are on pace to be the worst three point defensive team in league history. People are shooting forty four to forty five percent against them. Yeah, you're not going to win many games if you're going to give up that many threes. Like no matter how good your offensive game is. Well, obviously the main observation here for me is, and Justin would point this out if he was here, was is they're not even getting the hands in the face. It's not they're not fighting through the screens. They're not contesting the shots, and that has to do obviously with effort. That's not there's no scheme there. You have to fight through that screen. You have to get in front of the guy to at least challenge the shot. The threes that Knicks made, I would say maybe two or three of them were contested. That's about it. All of them were wide open, and and it's not that KG and Brook Lopez cannot you know chase out the screen. This is obviously they have to stand pack in the paint. That leaves it to the wing defenders. I guess the Allen Andersons, the Sean Livingston. Well, I mean, it requires communication and right. rotation and right, all these exactly. things that you know and knowing where to be. Um, you know, um, but you know, I, I I'll be honest. I haven't watched the Nets until they. Uh, since they lost to Detroit and Lakers uh, to the Lakers um, a couple weeks ago, they almost came back for that game. They almost All, did, but almost it, I mean, and, <laughs> oh, when they beat Detroit, sorry, with the Toronto, no, they, they beat okay, that's they beat Toronto. Toronto. They lost. Yeah, they to beat Detroit. they beat Toronto after yeah. 
being up by like 30 at some point right. or some and they almost lost right. um mm-hmm. and then they lost to the Lakers the next and I mean in both those games they besides those that run against the Lakers they, they, they you just the basketball looked ugly it had no mm-hmm. flow to it mm-hmm. um it did not look like a, a team of you know it just didn't feel like, yeah, yeah. cohesiveness. Yeah. So it's, I think there's like a lot of like I don't think that it's a talent problem or like age. I think there's something going on here where the, they're not playing like. But how much is that? Like basic basketball things are like failing for this team, right? But how much of that is um, them being in a new setting? Like most of the players have not played next to each other at all, and also having a coach. As you know, uh, I think uh, the coach we know is one of the problems. I would, but play, yeah, but would would. Uh, would you agree that having new parts coming to a new system, a person like Paul Pierce never played any other system, kind of knows his way around the you know Boston Celtics organization, <coughs> coming into a new city, KG coming into a new system. These are smart guys, AK-47, Jet, all of them, Sean Livingston. You know they they've never played uh, you know together at all. No, no, I agree, but I mean I think there's enough talent on that team that they really shouldn't be blow- being blown out by like thirty points by the Knicks, you know, mm-hmm. and then, I mean, maybe the Pacers are the heat, but, you know, they're, or, you know, they're, they're constant. I mean, the Lakers are up by, by a ton against them at some point too, you know, right. um, and then they couldn't hold like a 30, like a 20 point lead against the Toronto Raptors, you know, right. so, I mean, the, it's, it's like they're, they have the talent, I mean, Joe Johnson, Kevin Garnett, Brooke Lopez are not like, you know, Anything to sneeze at. This isn't like a D League team, so yeah. I mean, it's like it's just the it's like the blowouts and the the terrible defense of the three point line and giving up like what is a hundred and seven points per hundred possessions or something right. like that. Right. Um, well, I blame I blame most of this on Jay Z not being in the arena. <laughs> uh, I've not seen him at a game yet. Um, and I think it's his fault for leaving the team, and also Greg Anthony leaving the Nets on Yes team. Yeah, Donnie Marshall. He's a U- <laughs> UConn alum, but very biased Nets announcer, and I'm not. I'm not a. You're fan not of happy that. with you. I'm not a fan of that. Like I like watching. I, I love the fact that we respected announcing team. You know, Ein Eagle and all that, and then uh, and then now Donnie Marshall comes in and he's like, "Oh, I saw a little travel there." Like, what is that? Come on, man. Like, let's just call it as you call call it like a bi- oh unbiased. for the opposite team. Yeah, like he's always like snitching on the opposite team and. <laughs> It's the worst. I mean, he, he's. I, I'm a big Donnie Marshall fan because he went to UConn and all that. But still, like, oh, this is yeah. regardless. Anyway, you should do that. I mean, call the game. You can't like. You're an announcer. You got to at least be fair. Yeah, in your announcer. just like a referee would be. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to like have slight. You know, focus more of the analysis on what your team is doing. Pre game, post game, game, or even yeah. during the game, talk yeah. more about like what's going wrong or right for your team. Right. But to focus in on like, oh, the refs didn't catch that, or like, you know, it's the worst. Yeah, that's just like that's like that's like a fan. It's like the guys you sit next to at bars who constantly say like that that should have been a charge yeah, when they don't know the definition of what a charge. Oh, is. that was yeah. a foul. Yeah, oh, no, God. like they that they don't even know the rules of the game and they're just constantly yelling at the screen. So uh, I, I get that. So I mean, uh, last question on on this, so we'll move on to some uh, NBA news. So what is you know what is your prediction now? Readjusted prediction, obviously minus. 
Not right at all. I picked it with like 56 wins. I had 52. <laughs> <laughs> so, yours is not right. Bill Simmons had them at 8th in the league. You're like 7th uh, seventh best team in the league. That yeah. includes the East and West. So. so everyone obviously has been wrong about this Nets team so far because no one expected. And the Knicks as well. You know, and, but, uh, you know, and like not to harp on this, I'm winning with Occam's Razor here. The easiest explanation is the best explanation. And the only thing that's really, of all the quantities... On the Nets, the one that was the unknown is the coach, and that is why I'm like, that's I think that's why I'm focusing on the coach. Do you think they'll, you think they'll fire him before? See, I don't know. I don't know if they'll fire him. I, I think mean, they would hey, fire Billy King before they would fire, fire Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd. I mean, I think the issue at at some point you're going to get uh, Jason Kidd's fine unless somehow the rest of the East heats up and they're like left in the, you know. Right. If he's within three or four games at, at the All-Star break of the of the final spot, they're going to keep Kid around. Yeah, that's what they need I to mean, like they, go for. If they win the Knicks. They go on a four-game games, winning streak. They're, they're like in, in the playoffs. They're probably third seed. Yeah, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> exactly. At um, this point. So. I mean, the one thing I'm, I, I still am optimistic about this is the fact that they did beat the Heat, uh, one of the best teams in the league, and then they played toe-to-toe with the Pacers all the way to the last minute. So, like, obviously, this is when they're full strength and they're they were ready. So, it's not going to fix everything once Darren Williams comes back and Paul Pierce and all them. But they have to. They have some perspective now. These players that are sitting out, they got to know what they can do because now they're seeing the court a little more wider, just observing the game. You know, seeing what's what the players are doing wrong and maybe how to communicate a little bit more. So we'll see how that turns out. Obviously, we'll keep you guys up to date. Uh, not do. A once a month pod. We'll do, we'll do a little more consistency there. Hey, you guys could own this like media empire of Brooklyn because like no one wants to talk about it. Right no, now. well, the True Hoops Network guys post like once every week. Like they, oh, they, on the ESPN. Yeah, yeah, Network? Brooklyn, whatever the Nets. Oh, the game. No, yeah. no, no. I mean, the guys who are like the official bloggers for ESPN. Oh right, right like right, they right. Yeah. they blog very infrequently. There's only one guy blogging for like SB Nation on Nets Daily. Like, yeah. it's not a, they, there's not a lot of content being generated on the net. Like, compared to this to you know the other team. Well, last year was on. really big for a lot of people to talk about the Nets just because it was the first year. In Brooklyn. Yeah, but people who are dedicated to Nets right. basketball, they're, they're like just like the not Bro- like the Brooklyn Rebound, Munster. <laughs> like, I'm saying the Brooklyn the field is wide open for the Brooklyn Brooklyn Rebound to be the dominant Nets fan. Analysis, no matter what the record be, no matter what the record is, because like even when the you know the the current you know the current crop of bloggers and podcasters is pretty thin, uh-huh. um, you know. Well, I mean, uh, I guess this is just calling out our uh, ourselves, saying. ourselves, and also uh, calling out. Uh, people that need to build a website and sign up the Instagram. Shockingly, account. I've been reading all this next <laughs> news because I've been trying to. I, I figured if I'm going to be regularly be part of this podcast, I should say something interesting about the Nets and not always well, steer the conversation back to the well, Lakers. Well, let's, let's actually. That's a good segue. Let's uh, let's move on from the Nets and talk about your Lakers. Um, big news today: Kobe Bryant came back. Uh, mm-hmm. Black Mamba's first game back this year. Exciting news for me as well. He's on my fancy team. I have right a lot on. of injuries, so I'm excited about this. Um, and he just also got a two-year contract. So, first and foremost, what do you think of the Lakers' move to sign him for two years, uh, max max deal? Uh, and also, uh, what do you think of his play? We just saw him play it first half. 
uh, and what is what's your expectations for him this year? So I mean, I, I think the contract is an interesting because he got he got criticized mm-hmm. heavily for it, you know, um, and. Um, I think that's an. It's like we're in an interesting point in the league. We got all these like analytics people, and and people are like, oh, he just made it impossible for himself to win, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, but this is the same, you know. And I get. I mean, I think there's like a sort of um, view in the league now uh, amongst the analysts and ESPN has been pushing this to have these sort of like holistic approaches to uh, to basketball. Um, it just it's just like a funny sort of worldview, in my opinion. You know, like you know, all the fans hated LeBron James because he like went like r- literally like we we talk about. Well, there's two things, right? There was um, I think there's like a there was um, we we play pickup basketball on occasion, right? Yeah, you never no, want to. I mean, we always dominate the courts. Huh? We always dominate. We do- we dominate those courts because we only yeah. bring the ten people that play. <laughs> <laughs> but we you never um, you, ne- you you never try to stack your team in 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 a pickup game. You're not trying to like put the five best players on one team. You know, it's not fun. It's not fun for the other team. It's not. It shouldn't be fun for you. Right. Because <laughs> what's the point in like? Dunking on a bunch of scrubs, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing I think that LeBron got skewered for, you know, the sort of ethos of like pick up basketball, and and that ties into the second one, which is um, LeBron James, sort of not wanting to be the man. He turned out to be the man at the end of the day, anyways. But to not want to like win without help, right? I mean, I think, and this is where Kobe Bryant comes in. He takes that. He took this big contract because if he wants to win a sixth championship, he doesn't want to put another ring on his finger. He wants it to be Kobe Bryant got us a sixth championship as the highest paid, best player on the Lakers. And that why you think the Dwight thing happened the way it did and broke down? I mean, there's a number of reasons, but yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I don't think Dwight. I, you know, I'm like I I like Dwight as a player, but I think yeah, I mean. It wanted Kobe, to be his team. Yeah, yeah Kobe was not... To, he yeah. tried to get D'Antoni fired, tried to get... Kobe, Kobe amnesty. Uh, amnesty, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I think... I mean, I think the people at Silver Screen Roll wrote about this a little bit, uh, which is it's a good blog. Good blog, yeah. Um, yeah, but this is Kobe's mentality. If he wants to win a sixth ring, he yeah. knows the only way to be enter the conversation with Michael Jordan is to win it as the man, the man on his mm-hmm. team. Now, if he took a pay cut to bring, like... Like, another, like... Star player, you know who will, he'd have to defer to, etc. I mean, I don't know who else is out there in the league that could like command max money and still like eclipse Kobe. Maybe Kevin Durant would be the only other person, you know. Joe Johnson's got max money. <laughs> Joe Johnson. I mean, this is the reason Kobe <laughs> Bryant's contract is so absurd because they had to pay him more than Joe Johnson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's the reason he took. He wanted the like he he took the contract and why he doesn't understand the the criticism people are like oh you should have taken less money because he wants it to be his team he wants to be the guy leading them to the championship because that's the only way people will see his sixth ring sixth ring and you think Laker Nation wants that too um you know I I don't know I mean I'm I'm sort of a it's funny I mean I wouldn't want LeBron James on the Lakers um because he is you know I'd rather win with like a team of you know I don't get the whole like winning with the absolute best player, you want to win with like a little bit of more of an underdog mentality, you know. 
Um, you know, I, I enjoyed the Lakers team from the early odds, but <laughs> they had the best, to, they had the the best, best players. players so. <laughs> it was hard to defend against the charges yeah. that you guys were just like buying their championships, you know? Uh, right. Um, so, and I think part of that, like, no one, no one complained that Miami's buying their championships because I think they're, the Lakers do get a bad rap sometimes. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, if one three pointer away from Miami losing that championship, um, you know, the story would have been like, oh, you can't win. You can only, you can do, it's lightning in a bottle. You can only do it once in a while. Yeah, yeah, no, no. But, but I think that's why people are, weren't as upset, obviously, the second time around because they actually kind of, it was somewhat underdog-esque. Yeah, because they lost the, they right, lost the, you know, right, we got exactly, our underdog story exactly. the year before. Right. I, I got, I mean, all I'm saying is like, Kobe took the big money because right. he wanted to be the alpha dog. He didn't want to like, be second banana to anybody else. And, um, I think I think um, the analytics people approach basketball much more like a, a hedge fund that they're like no, arbitrage they're like finding arbitrage within the system and like right. exploiting inefficiencies on the other end and um, it's interesting because a lot of them you know and they seem to be like in love with like math and science but yeah like very few of them are actually like trained in mathematics <laughs> like I am but. Uh, I, yeah, I where's, your, that, where's, I, your, where's your gig? Maybe the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, I mean, all I'm saying is there's poetry <laughs> to basketball, and sometimes it isn't about you know the numbers. Sometimes it is about these silly narratives, which you know, of course, it's not. This is not reality, right? Like you, you don't. The idea that Kobe, this alpha dog stuff, and. Mm-hmm. We don't live our lives that way. I don't go to work like wanting to be <laughs> making sure that no one else gets paid more than me. <laughs> like that's not my... or like oh, yeah, I'm doing what you know. We don't live our lives these ways, but we're okay with it when it happens in sports. So I watch sports, <laughs> right? Right. Because of the sort of absurdity and the kind of like the these sort of stories about athletes that just actually don't even conform to the real life. But that's the that sort of you know. Well, I mean. Uh... Obviously, you can't you can't deny what his record, track record has been, and also that's why they won. I think that's why they paid him that much money. It's a big thank you, and obviously, if it went all the way around and they didn't even offer him an extension or a contract, and Kobe left, um, Lakers fans would be really angry. Uh, the franchise itself, value wise, would drop exponentially. A lot of things would be uh, and now they still have cap room to sign another max player. Right. Well, there's Carmelo. Well, or, and I think that or, was, I, you know, the cynic in me says that they realized they weren't going to get two max players along with Kobe. Yeah, right. That they they and actually, you know, after LeBron James, no one's going to. No that. one's just like not good. Like they're the next crop of people are just are not good enough to want two more of those guys on your team. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, the, who what, knows? The, even Lakers may not even. I mean, want. I, Carmelo Anthony. I'm not. I mean, I know there's still some believers in Carmelo, but I don't think him and like Kobe <laughs> game. He's a, they're both ball. Yeah. They're both ball stoppers. Yeah. You know, we've already. You know, it's hard to like. It would be hard for them to coexist. I mean, he is their little brother, as he says, and they're tight. Whatever, maybe. But, but I mean, but the yeah. the game don't mesh well together. So right. I don't know who would be the the max, the big max right. free. I mean. Will they pick pick overpay a middling player? That's not the Lakers, you know. They're not gonna like give Monta Ellis a max contract or like some, you know. What about Rudy Gay? Rudy Gay, like I mean, yeah, I mean they, you know, they've done it. You know, Cupcheck didn't have a great track record at the beginning. He did right. get 
<laughs> Brian's it was brand. Dr. It was like, Dr. Jerry Buss making all those moves, really, by him being a great owner and everyone respected him, you know? So um, I think it might be the judgment of the Lakers, not just this contract, but this offseason is going to be huge to see what a... Uh, I think the Lakers pull off some sort of like crazy trade that they'll, they'll rob another franchise like they did with Pau Gasol. And kind of yeah. did with Chris Paul until like... <laughs> well, I mean, it wasn't robbing, but it, as, as much as I... I hated the trade in the beginning. And same no, thing I mean, Marcus Gasol turned, Marcus out, to be, turned yeah. out to be a great player. But, like, the Chris Paul trade was definitely a fleecing of uh, the Hornets, now the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, David Stern did the right thing by the team to, like, nix it because it was a fleecing. Right. Um, and the Lakers have been known to fleece other teams for, right. some, you know. Um, right. But the league is getting smarter, so it's going to be harder and harder for the Lakers to, like, steal people like Pau Gasol away for nothing. <laughs> just, 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 hey, Pau, come on over. Yeah. You know? I mean, if the Nets can have a $87 uh, million dollar tax uh, bill, I'm sure the Lakers can pull off some finagling to get whatever they want if they're willing to spend the money. But it's I, harder now because um, I think you would, you know, you can't, um, there's very few ways to go over the, they've gotten rid of all the ways, you know, uh, the mid-level has gotten shorter, uh, smaller, and yes. you know, if you repeat, if you, you get the mini mid-level. So there's the, the owners have built a system in which it's actually kind of hard to get over the cap, mm-hmm. even if you're willing to spend. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to give a, give away a lot lot of draft choices to make it happen. The Nets know this. Yeah. For sure. So, um, and <laughs> yeah. then you're like actually right. locked into like hell if it doesn't work out, which the Nets might be, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I think I think they'll, they'll uh, recover. Uh, maybe not Specifically, the season to win anything, but I do think that they have uh, Darren Williams still as their. Oh no, no! I mean, I agree. But, I think it's like, yeah. if, but I'm saying like next season, if this, let's say this worst I case mean, scenario, this pick goes to Atlanta. Yeah, this pick goes to Atlanta. Yeah, um, but they might have to do what the Lakers did and sign a whole bunch of busts on other teams that were high picks and try to see if one of them actually shines in the right. But I mean, out of these contracts, who are when are the winners? Pierce Garnett. Pierce is out this year. Garnett obviously has an he has another year guaranteed. Uh, it was fully guaranteed. It was going to be a two million dollar buyout, fully guaranteed. So I mean, I think they're tied together either way. Mm-hmm. Terry's uh, done after one or two years, I think, as well. And then you know, there's uh, AK has a three year, three million. It's not that bad of a deal, right, right, really. Right, okay. uh, but yeah, I mean, they'll have to like build their free agency. Well, speaking of giving up a lot, um, there was a trade today. Rudy Gay got traded from the Raptors uh, and, I guess, Aaron Gray. So Gay and Gray uh, got traded for Johnny Salmons, Gravis Vasquez, Chuck Hayes, and Patrick Patterson to the Kings. So it was a purple versus purple trade there. Um, actually, they don't wear purple anymore. Raptors, they used no, to. They used to. Now yeah, they were like my, red or something. My, uh, my brain just backtracked in 1993 right there. Anyways, um, yeah. The little Vince Carter, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Damon Sodomar, Money Mouse. I mean, people were joking about getting, like, uh, Vince Carter going back to uh, to the Raptors somehow in a gay trade, but I guess it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so what do you think of this deal? I mean, I think it's just, me personally, I think... Uh, it's a good trade for Sacramento. They actually have a, a player that cannot probply... I mean, what, what is Sacramento trying to do? Are they trying to, like, win? Or are they taking? Like, I think I, the, new o- be... the new owner they're, uh, they're like four wants and... some players on yeah, the Yeah, but they're, like, four and, like, you know, why not? You're already, like... I mean, well, the... Gay's contract expires... In two years. 
And he's got his player option. Gay's not going to be like Monta Ellis and be dumb and like opt out and like realize he's got no in this new efficiency loving front office league. Mm-hmm. No, it's going to keep he, giving no, him that same money. Yeah, he's going to keep. He's going to take that twenty million. You know, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Unless someone can offer him like, you know, like ten years over ten million over four years or something. You know, he'll like take the forty over the one. You know, over mm-hmm. four years versus twenty. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I th- I think uh, it's definitely smart for the Raptors uh, to tank as much as they can, get the picks that they're trying to get. Um, well, that's what I, I think. That's it's smart for Sacramento too. That's why I don't understand the trade. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they they haven't won much this year. But yeah, they're 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 out of they're they're what are they. They're not in the running for a playoff spot right now. Raptors? No, no, no. The Kings? The Kings. The Raptors are because they're in the East. They were, they were the four seed for a really long time. Uh, the Kings are second to last in the West at five and, and 13. 13. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to make up that ground in the West. No, um, no, no. It's too tough in the West. Yeah, so, I mean, why bring in... Unless, they, unless they're being really devious and think Rudy K really sucks. <laughs> He's going to help them take even more. Maybe, maybe, or maybe they're trying to get rid of another, uh, maybe trade them for more younger assets. Maybe another team will take them on. I don't know. I mean, Toronto, I mean, can be, can Toronto, be twice Toronto would have probably come up with that deal themselves if they didn't, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, he could he could be traded twice. He could be traded twice. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know the rules of the NBA yeah. trade. So. Uh, Rasheed Wallace had that happen, that one year to the Pistons. Remember, he got traded. It was like three days. Within a week, he played for like three teams, like Portland to Atlanta, to Atlanta to Detroit or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it's not earth-shattering trade for anyone in the NBA. No, no. Um, I mean, Toronto gets some piece, some pieces. I'm sure they'll wave like one or two players after this trade, and then uh, Rudy, good old UConn alum, gets. Some I mean, they bring guys. They had Thomas into the starting lineup, so that's good. You know, yeah, no more fa- fighting Gravis Vasquez for the spot. Yeah, so I mean, um, maybe it's good for the for the development of the younger players. Um, yeah, Boogie Cousin does need some like you know better. veteran leadership. I don't know. I don't know if Rudy Gay's got to teach him, but no, I agree. Uh, so I mean, so I'm not quite sure what they're trying to do there because they really should be in tank mode at this point. Right. They tried. They tried. You know, doing well this season and just haven't worked out. They should just like suck it up and you know get one of the another like young player. You know. So yeah, I mean. Young players, I guess we don't understand the trade. Yeah. All right. Well, the trade sucks, anyways. Um, so, yeah, I mean. Bottom feeders, speaking swapping of, parts. Speaking of sucking, because of the NBA, Eastern Conference has been sucking. The NBA Eastern Conference right now. Um, there's been talk about uh, abolishing conferences and seeding 1 through 16. Because right now, if you were to see 1 through 16 of the top NBA teams, only three teams in the Eastern Conference would make the playoffs. Uh, the Pacers, the Heat, and I believe whoever the third seed would be right now. Yeah. Uh, I think it's... Uh, oh, Atlanta. Wow, okay. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks would be the, that team. Um, yeah, well, I, I think this is a, a solid move. I, I, I remember when it was like this uh, during the Phoenix Suns run, um, a lot of Western Conference team with 1 through 12... It was, a, it was a dog fight, and then at that time it was like Celtics, Pistons, and a couple other teams were like good, you know. Mm-hmm. Then and that was it, really. Um, 
I, I think this is something they should really seriously take in consideration because if you're talking quality of play, yeah, you'll 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 get the land even if you don't take out the divisions, whatever. Keep the same divisions, keep the rivalries. Uh, you should reward the best teams for playing. You mean just in the playoffs? In the playoffs. See, I think the issue people would bring up is that that it's hard to play. Then you're the schedule is imbalanced, right? The schedule is still conference specific. The Western teams are still playing more Western teams. If you want a truly balanced schedule where like everybody in the West plays everybody in the East, um, like equally, mm-hmm. so that you actually have a real, then then you see what everyone looks like against each other they'd have to reduce the game for like 59 or 58 games uh, reduce the season which is I would be fine with but I think the players and the owners would not because that's where the revenue comes in mm. um, you mean meaning like the the owners would lose out on the teams coming in I mean the owners would lose out on the 30 games they'd have to eliminate so that they could play every team like three times you know Right. I mean, maybe we wouldn't have to play every team three times, but... But they would have to reduce the game to, like, incorporate the extra travel time for a team like Portland have to travel, you know, traveling to the East Coast. And But it wouldn't be... Even if the conferences were then eliminated only for the playoffs, you're still sort of punishing the Western teams for playing more Western Conference team if we really say they're better, right? Right. Right, right, so, I guess that's true. Um, I, you know, it's kind of like what baseball did when they had uh, the NL had like fourteen teams and the AL had sixteen or not NL had sixteen teams, the AL had fourteen teams, so it wasn't fair to the NL. Yeah, one out of sixteen chance of making playoffs as opposed to AL had yeah, one out of 14. fourteen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's um, but I, I mean, I, you know, I, I know that this is we don't know what like eliminating the conferences will do in the in like three or four years, this is sort of the BCS problem, right? Every year the BCS, they would tinker, they'd find something new wrong, they would have a problem with like who made it to the final, and they would tinker mm-hmm. with the formula to make sure that next year, that to fix last year's problem, and we just create a whole new problem. <laughs> whole new sort of disparity right, that people right. complain about. So, I mean, while I'm sympathetic to the whole like, yeah, I mean, it's been 15 years since the Eastern Conference was like on par and even those under the Bulls, Chicago Bulls year, like Jordan year, we're kind of like, the, we forget that Bulls, like, made the Eastern Conference look better than it was even then, yeah. you know? I mean, the best team has won in the Eastern, from the Eastern Conference. So what, Celtics won that year, then, uh, then the Lakers won, right? Yeah, yeah. Lakers, Lakers. Then it was the Mavericks. Yeah, then the Heat. Then the Heat. He, he, yeah. Okay, so it's been split in the last six years. I mean, the finals have been split. I mean, yeah. I think the issue is people are saying that it's not the top teams have always been on par with the Western Conference. Right. But it's like the it's the, it's the second tier team. Right. But I, I think even, but even those Chicago Bulls uh, teams, when they were playing in the late 90s, when everybody said there was parity in the it really probably wasn't as, you know, I think the Bulls and the Knicks sort of... Um, hid some of the flaws in the Eastern Conference even back then, so... Well, I mean, the NBA has to be concerned about a competitive product, obviously, so... Yeah. Um, and the main... The fans that they're attracting during the main time is the playoffs, right? So, uh, I think... I think the regular season, yeah, it's great, revenue, owners, whatever, but... Um, and that's what it's going to come down to. Obviously, the rules committee would ask the owners, but for, for a casual fan standpoint, you want to see the best quality basketball. You don't want to oh. see... You want to see a four and whatever team at one point. Yeah, a know, team under 10 games that are 500 yeah. playing in the, as a sixth, which might be the case. I mean, this is the 
But I don't understand why these... I mean, the real issue is, like, the West has all the superstars, for the most part, right? Yeah. They all, all these guys end up going to the West to, you know... Um, I mean, it was, like, Shaq from Orlando to L.A., Dwight from A lot of these West Orlando teams just know how to draft, too. I mean, even yeah. even the Blazers, for example, they've lost Brandon Roy, they've lost Greg Oden, and after that, they, they've drafted Damian Lillard traded for LaMarcus Alder during draft day. Um, they figured it out. You know, they're, yeah. just, they're just smarter and savvier, I guess. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's up with the Eastern. I mean, I think the, there's like truly... I think part of it has been... I mean, we can say that the, <laughs> the Knicks' dysfunction has, has had something to do with this because they've been dysfunctional since Dolan came in. Yeah. And so we're saying the, the Knicks' dysfunction has... has um, parallel the East's dysfunction. Um, yeah, I don't think it's a small market thing because like San Antonio figured it out, Portland figured it out. Um, I mean, Orlando hasn't quite figured it out yet, but maybe they will. I think they will. Um, yeah. For the first time. I think Toronto's so getting far, there too. Philadelphia's yeah. really trying to make that happen. Uh, there are some like really tough, bad places that people don't like to play. Toronto's one of those places where it's going to be really hard for them to keep playing. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. like people don't like, you know, no one wants to play in Toronto. Vince Carter forced forced his way out of there, you know. Right. Um, Chris Bosh also. Yeah, Chris Bosh also. Right. So yeah. you 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 have a team that's always going to be struggling to keep the superstars uh, in the East. I don't see Do any you think teams it's a, like it on could the be West. a temperature thing because Milwaukee has the same problem. Uh, yeah, but I think people like to be in America. No one likes to be carrying that fucking change all the. Like it, I blame I blame the Canadian currency. <laughs> so many coins you have to deal with. <laughs> Looney Toonies. Loonies and Toonies. Oh, Who wants man. to carry that? And also that the, much? the colored money, man. Yeah, no. Sorry, apologies to our Canadian listeners, yeah. but you know, got to point it, call them out as we see them. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess we'll see what Adam Silver does in the future with our, um, you know, with the whole. Uh, decision making on something like that because I don't think David Stern would make a move like that. No, no. I mean, I think. Um, I mean, uh, they're, they're going to do something probably, but I, I, I fear, my fear is that whatever solution will ra- create its own set of problems that are you know that we don't anticipate. Um, so I think you know there's always going to be some imbalance in any sport, you know, unless you run like a dictatorial socialist system like the NFL. <laughs> you're not gonna have and, the kind of like perfect parody, and I can see that sport fall, and, falling off. And now, even in the so. NFL, we've had this shift, right? The NFC dominated during the '80s, and the AFC started dominating in, in the '90s, and, and, and the, like mid '90s to like aught, and now it's like flipped the other way. The AFC just is atrocious. Yeah, we we got to find a way. I mean, the East has been bad for 15 years, so like that's not just like a sort of cyclical thing. You know, the NBA's got to help make those help. They're, they're currently high school yeah. students who've never seen a good East <laughs> Eastern Conference. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's uh, wow! I couldn't even imagine that. <laughs> Jeez, that's uh, good perspective. All right, well, I think that'll do it for the show, guys. Um, uh, and join uh, join us on on the web at brooklynrebound.com. Email us at brooklynrebound@gmail.com. We will be taking over the world. Yes, we will. Uh, Twitter tag is Brooklyn Rebound and Justin's still working on that Instagram. Um, episodes are on iTunes. Uh, anything else, Monster? No, just we're we're gonna do this more regularly. Yeah, yeah. With more insight. <laughs> yeah, with hundred percent more insight. As, as you can tell, <laughs> as you can tell, uh, you know, uh, even though the teams 
is not performing the way it is, uh, we're, we're going to still keep on bringing the content and call it as we see it with all the spilled drinks as possible, right? <laughs> and many spilled drinks that it takes for us to <laughs> find the time to hit like, me, sorry, hit me, hit me. <laughs> to call the right play. So the Brooklyn Rebound will be your source for Brooklyn News. All right, guys, uh, that'll do it. This is Enam again. Uh, good night from uh, Prospect Heights and good night, Nets. Let's go. Oh, I said that wrong. <laughs> wow, it's been that long. It's been that long. What, <laughs> Redo, rewind. Re- I said that. Rewind. Good, night. Good night from Prospect Heights. Good night, Brooklyn. Let's go Nets. Let's go Nets. Rebound. 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 Rebound.